0: If you would turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1, we'll be reading verses 7 through 12 tonight. Exodus chapter 1, verses 7 through 12. When all of this craziness, we'll just call it that, erupted across our globe, I was scheduled to preach in my home church when everything started shutting down. And I asked pastor, I said, are you still going to, you know, have me very nervously? (laughs) And he said, yeah. He said, we're going online, but I'm going to have you have you preach online. It was our first online service. I'd never preached to a camera before. It was interesting. But I remember God gave me a word At the beginning of that pandemic. And it was the ministry of Apollos. And the Lord said that during this time of quarantine, during this time of restriction, when people are limited in their activity and what they can do. What they water will be what I increase when we come out. I feel a prophetic utterance in this house here tonight. And I want you to know that God is bringing increase to this congregation. I didn't just say to the church, but I said to the congregation. Because he is bringing increase to the church. But there are congregations that have been preparing that redeemed the time, that did not waste the time and sit idly by, twiddling their thumbs. But they plowed, they planted, and most importantly, they watered. And you need to know that the church is getting ready to step over a threshold, where the watering will cease and the increase will begin. kashaya. We planted a garden during quarantine right at the beginning when schools shut down and my wife and I were scrambling for things to do with the children. I decided a garden would be an interesting experiment and interesting it has been. I know nothing about gardening. But I do know that it seemed like nothing was happening for a long time. And one morning, I came out, and I had more tomatoes than I knew what to do with. And the only thing I had been doing was watering. But all of a sudden, I came out, and there was an increase. I don't know how it happened. I can't explain it to you all I know is it was my job to be diligent in the watering and I was sitting over there and the Lord said they've been diligent in the watering uh, and they're starting to see uh, the little spurts of increase like you saw this morning uh, but I got news for you church what you saw this morning uh, is only the beginning of the increase that is the there is Exponential increase huh? Coming <laughs> Friend I've lived my whole life Hearing preachers say Revival's coming You need to hear me Revival's here It's not coming It's here it's right outside your door. It's knocking every day. Revival is here. If you're looking on the horizon, you're being a little too far-sighted, because revival is here. You know the Bible says that Jesus came to heal somebody at the house, and when he tried to leave. Everyone was gathered right outside the door. Friend of mine, revival's at the door. (laughs) They've already heard about you. They've already been hearing the rumors of what God's doing in this place.
1: Your name has already spread like you don't even know. Don't you be surprised when you show up here on a Sunday morning and you got a line waiting for you to unlock the door. Friend of mine, revival is here.
0: He karoshata ramaheya He karomoshata ramaha Hallelujah Hallelujah He shaya ramahe And I got news for you right now This ain't the season to be playing around This ain't the season to be biding your time and just waiting for things to get back to normal. I got news for you, friend. You're in the normal right now. Revival is the new normal. This world thought they would define what a new normal looks like, but God said revival is the new normal.
1: Baptisms all week long The outpouring of the Holy Ghost At your kitchen table While you're teaching a Bible study He got the Roshiah Deliverances Happening all across Schools and campuses And workplaces I got news for you Revival is the new normal
0: There is a boldness coming on the church like never before. People are casting off weights that they used to carry. They're shaking off encumbrances that used to hinder them. And they're stepping beyond complacency. They're stepping beyond their comfort zone. And they're stepping into apostolic
1: operation and demonstration everywhere they come.
0: Ah. Hallelujah. Mbato roshanda katia. Hallelujah. Hatarama ramashan katia, shanara mahi. Ha! So you just keep stoking the fire. Keep stoking the fire. Don't let it dwindle. Don't let it cool off. Don't you let the six days in between Sundays cause your fire to dwindle. Every morning you get up and say, Today is revival day. It may be a Thursday, but Thursday's revival day. God's got an appointment for me today
1: with somebody.
0: Uh-huh. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. If you find yourself an observer, you need to shake yourself. If you don't seem to be catching on to what is happening, you need to shake yourself because the Spirit is speaking to the church right now. There is a great anointing That is being accessed in this hour And people who are willing People who make themselves available Are going to step in To demonstrate
1: it Like never before
0: Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Mm. I told you this morning. Listen, I I don't know how long I'm going to go on. I don't know if I'm going to get to these notes. So if you want to sit, you can sit. It's up to you. But I told you this morning about my encounter with my barber. Four years, I drove out of my way to get my hair cut with Randy. And as I began to speak to him about the Holy Ghost in that chair, he said, Vinnie, he said, four years ago, my wife begged us to move to Tennessee. He said, I don't know what it was, but there was something inside of me that said there's, we can't go. We just can't move. I don't know what it is, but if we move, it'd be wrong. Listen, there are divine appointments that are orchestrated and set up right now for you. It's not time for business as usual. It's not time for you to slink back into a routine that this world says that you should live Monday through Saturday and then just come in and get your slice of Jesus on Sunday. Friend of mine, you gotta be plugged in all week long. Be because the harvest is white. It's ready. It's ready right now. And it's looking and it's searching
1: for someone Who has the
0: truth Uh, Hallelujah And you've got it You've got it Young lady you've got it As you sang on this platform I saw fire burning inside of you You know what's happening right now There's a fire That's spreading in the church If you don't feel it All you gotta do is look around And find
1: somebody that's got it And attach yourself to them And say I need a little bit Of that fire Because I wanna be a part Of what God is doing in this hour
0: Hey, I told you all this morning that when I was 18, I was on fire for God. I mean, I was on fire. I was the weird Bible kid at school on fire. I told every kid I knew about Jesus. The ones that didn't want anything to do with Jesus avoided me in the hallway. At my graduation party, I had the youth group come, and instead of a graduation speech or ceremony, I said, let's have a youth service in the backyard for our graduation party. And my best friend from high school came, and I'll never forget. I watched as he was filled with the Holy Ghost in my backyard. That's the kind of fire that is spreading in this house. But let me tell you what happened. You can be seated. You know somebody, God bless their heart, had the audacity to say you need to calm down a little bit. That zeal you got is not sustainable. You just need to let God establish you. Oh, hindsight! If I knew then what I know now, how'd I looked at that person uh, and said, "Friend, uh, the coin is in the fish's mouth." Uh, my establishment, uh, my maturity. Uh, And my growth uh, is never going to be found uh, in me sitting idly by uh, while others do the work of God. Uh, But if I want to be established, uh, if I want to grow, if I want to mature in Christ, uh, it's going to be because i got my hands on the harvest. Uh, It's going to be because I'm
1: going after uh, the harvest. Uh, It's going to be because uh, I'm a part
0: uh, of the revival uh, that's coming to the church. So don't you let anybody pour water on that fire. Don't you let anybody pour water on that fire. They can sit idly by if they want to. But I want to see that fire burn. I want to see that fire grow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you want to make yourself available For God to use you in this end time harvest You know what that means? That doesn't mean a title That doesn't mean a position That means God I want to be a laborer Give me a sickle and give me a field give me a plow and give me some dirt to work God just send me into a
1: field where I can reap a harvest Uh,
0: if you want that I just want you to stand to your feet right now and just throw your hands in the air I feel a spirit of impartation in this room right now. God's getting ready to embolden some of you. With unfeigned, unwavering faith. And a boldness to speak as you ought to speak. Just like the young man stood in front of this church this morning. And began to speak his testimony so uh, shall some of you uh, become reacquainted uh, with your testimony uh, and
1: a fresh fire uh, will fall uh, on you again uh, and your lips uh, will be loosed uh, and your testimony uh, freed uh, from your spirit uh, to operate uh, and demonstrate
0: uh, in the field. Tarama Satanarama Kia, Himacatarama Satanarama, Himacatarobo Satanarama Hila Massaia Naramakia. Just like the Lord told Moses huh, to bring me uncut stones, the enemy uses the same lies against believers. It says, you don't know enough. You haven't matured enough. You're not ready. You're not experienced. You don't have what it takes. Right. The devil is a liar. Friend of mine If you've gone down in the water In the name of
1: Jesus And been filled With the gift of the Holy Ghost You got everything It takes To be a laborer
0: Mm. Hallelujah By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Paul evangelized a continent with his testimony. Everywhere he went. He didn't talk about the Pentateuch. He didn't talk about the law. He said let me tell you. About a day. Where I was just walking. Down the road. And a light. Began to shine from heaven. All you got to do is say. Hey let me tell you about a day. Where I was standing. In an altar.
1: And the spirit of God. Began to move. In that place. And I felt the power. I I had never felt before I I felt the weight begin to lift off of me I I felt the joy of peace Ah.
0: you know what Randy said to me he said I'm going to be honest with you you could tell he was so stirred he said every religious person I know has warned me about the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And let me tell you, the Holy Ghost definitely comes with a warning label. Don't put your fingers in a light socket if you don't want to get shocked. I said, friend, let me tell you something. I said, I don't know what people have said to you, and I'm not here to argue or contradict what others have said. Randy, all I can tell you is what it's done for me. I said, I can open the book and take you to it, but I'd rather just tell you about a time where
1: I was strung out on drugs, when I lived a life of promiscuity, when I was depressed, when I used to think about suicide. Let me tell you something, Randy. It was only the Holy Ghost that pulled me out. It wasn't religion. It wasn't religion. But it was a power that pulled me from the pit.
0: Hallelujah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Ha. I'm gonna to preach to you for just a few minutes. I believe the Lord wants to set your vision. He can do robo into the proper alignment tonight. Because some of you haven't seen the forest for the trees. And God is going to show you what he is doing in the earth tonight. Exodus chapter 1, verses 7 through 12. Why are you turning there? Just I love my friend, Pastor Robinson. Thank you so much for having me here. It's an honor to be with all of you. Hallelujah. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty and the land was filled with them come on what more do you want they started with just a couple dozen and now they were hundreds of thousands now there arose up a new king over egypt Uh uh-oh shift in leadership Which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. (laughs) He thought it was because of their number, (laughs) they would have been mightier even if they were fewer. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it comes to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Say, we got a problem here. These people are multiplying. There are more of them than there are of us. And as soon as they figure it out, we're in big trouble. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramses. Oh, verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. I'm going to preach to you for just a few moments tonight. Multiplied in affliction. Multiplied in. In affliction. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful to be gathered together. Huh, with people of like precious faith. Huh? I pray this word would find good ground tonight. Huh? Give us ears to hear. Huh? What the spirit saith unto the church. In Jesus name. And everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be it. Affliction. It's something that causes pain or suffering. No one likes to go through pain. We don't invite it into our lives voluntarily. As a matter of fact, studies show many people live their life with a motivating philosophy to avoid pain. Amen. Psychologists call it fight or flight. And studies suggest the majority of people choose flight. They would rather avoid pain. Our flesh will often work harder to avoid pain than work hard for reward. The avoidance of pain for most is a greater motivator than reward or pleasure. When reward doesn't work, parents, spanking usually does. Oh, Jesus, help us. Oh, sorry, I don't know how, where that came from, it just came out of me. <laughs> The reality is that this life philosophy of avoiding pain is a major barrier to growth. As the old adage goes, no pain. Most of us know we need to diet and exercise. But friend of mine, diet and exercise is painful. I thought somebody would run there, but that's all right. Often people are not willing to diet and exercise until something more painful motivates them. And health issue arises. A diagnosis is handed down. Something happens that forces them to do what they've been avoiding. Pain pushes us out of a rut. Pushes us out of stagnation. And as much as we would all like to avoid pain, the truth is is that pain is an incredible motivator. There is great potential in pain. See, energy is generated in pain. So pain is going to cause something to happen. It's going to produce. Pain will always produce something. It's never fruitless. And the, pot, the potential of pain will be realized either positively or negatively. The church has been going through some pain of late. But that pain has caused the church to grow in areas where it had become stagnant. For some that have utilized the pain, and I'm not making light of anybody's pain here today, or just, I just feel to say that right now, I understand that there have been some truly painful moments in this pandemic, and some people have experienced and gone through great loss. And so the price has been high, but the principle remains that pain has caused the church to grow. And for some that have utilized the pain, they have taken the opportunity to reach people online, make capital improvements in their campuses, develop and strategize about the future, and invest into people but for some they've allowed the pain to frustrate them some have exhausted themselves with worry have lost touch with what God is doing and turned to political activism rather than prayer either way the pain the church has been going through is going to produce something we need to pay attention In times of pain. Watch and listen to your pastor. In times of distress. It's that time to go shepherd shopping. When the world goes crazy. Mm. What we need in this hour. Is the spirit of Aaron in her huh, to come behind leadership huh, and say, "I'm going to hold up your hands. Huh, I'm going to be a strong place behind you. Huh, I'm going to be a support huh, in this tumultuous season." Remember, Jesus warned us: if it comes over the wall and not through the door, then it's not from the Shepherd. <laughs> huh. You know, I love preaching, Pastor. And in my time, I've listened to a lot of preaching. But Back in March or April, I was turning on the podcast. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, shut it off. He said, right now there's only one voice that you need to tune in to. He said, it's the voice of your shepherd. There's a word from the Lord right now. You need to hear me. You need to tune in to the voice of your shepherd because your shepherd has been called to this city to this arena to this spiritual climate uh, in your city uh, and God has given him wisdom direction and vision and vision on how to deal with the spiritual climate in this city uh, so what God says to a friend of mine in another state uh, or in another region uh, may not be the same thing that he says to my pastor in Columbus Ohio you need to understand that in times of chaos uh, there are different strategies uh, that God gives to the men of God. Depending on where they are and what they're dealing with. So if you don't want to find yourself confused, bewildered, or wondering what's going on, you need to shut off other voices in your life and tune in to the voice of the shepherd that God has given you. If you want to stay plugged in to what is happening
1: in your city, stay tuned in to- To the voice of the man of God.
0: The two most active leaders in times of distress are the shepherd and the serpent. The snake will only seek to placate your symptoms of discomfort. He'll use a voice that wants to lure you from the flock. And find an answer somewhere else. But the shepherd will do his best to keep you in the fold, even if it hurts. Somebody needs to hear that word tonight because you've been questioning decisions that have taken place over the last few months. Second, and the Lord wants you to know that you need to have peace. You need to be assured here tonight that God is ordering the steps of this church. God is ordering the steps of this man of God. And he's got you exactly where he wants you. Pain can produce many things. The Apostle Paul experienced an incredible amount of pain. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was imprisoned. He was betrayed. He was falsely accused. He was chained up. He was bitten by a snake. Hello? Come on, let's get it real. Snake? No, goodbye. But in every one of those situations, something was produced. Because of his pain, kings, governors, and dignitaries heard the gospel. Because of his pain... Gentiles uh, experienced exponential revival. Because of his pain, uh, we have the books of Romans, uh, Corinthians, uh, Galatians, Philippians, uh, and others. Uh, Because of his pain, uh, countless sermons have been preached uh, about his testimony. Uh, His pain uh, liberated people and unleashed the gospel all over the world. Paul didn't let his pain go to waste. His pain produced some of the greatest milestones of the church. Y'all still with me? As we read and study the Old Testament, it becomes very apparent that the children of Israel experienced a lot of pain. They went through Egyptian bondage. They went through the wilderness. persecution. They endured evil monarchies, internal division, and divine judgment. It's also apparent that many times, not always, but many times, their pain came on them as a result of their affair with pleasure in times of prosperity. So many times in their history when things were good, when things were good, oh, when things are good, that's when they turned their back right. on consecration right. and embraced the works of the flesh. Right. And in those times, the Lord would often use pain to rectify their carnal indulgences. <laughs> Just one week ago, I was praying in my living room like I do every morning. And I said, God, I just feel something shifting in the Holy Ghost. What's getting ready to happen right now? And he said, son, I want you to begin to purify. He said, I know that you're living for me. And I know you're doing the best you can. He said, but there's still areas of your mind. There's still areas of your understanding. There are things in your perception that need to change. He said, I want you to purify yourself for the next 30 days he said I don't want you to listen to one newscast one pundit one talking head I don't want you to listen or talk to anyone else but me he said I want you to shut yourself in with your family and get in the word I want you to fast more than you've been fasting I want you to press in more than you've been pressing in he said because I'm preparing your hands for a harvest that is upon the church uh,
1: right now uh, if you've been feeling God stir you maybe uh, you've been feeling uh, the pressing uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, if you've been feeling a call uh, to purify uh, and consecrate uh, heed uh, the call uh, God uh, is cleaning your hands uh, and preparing you uh, to receive uh, the harvest uh, that's at the door uh-huh.
0: It's not time to indulge carnality. God is eradicating the coexistence of carnality and spirituality in his church. Mm. I believe the Lord is using the pain of our world's current situations to move the church forward. Mm. He's using it to grow and move the church forward. You know how I know that? Because it's affecting the church. Okay, it has reached into the church. This pandemic has taken some of our greatest preachers, some of our most esteemed elders. Mm, just like when the plagues came in those children of Israel they endured some of those plagues before there was a hedge around Goshen I'm telling you right now God is using this pandemic to shake some people and alert some people in the church and say hey you're this close to missing out on your calling it's time to eradicate the carnality it's time It's time to purify the house. Uh, It's time uh, to put blood
1: uh, on the doorpost uh, because I'm getting ready to move.
0: Uh, This pain is stirring the church to greater action. We're being shaken from our comfort zones. Complacency is being challenged. A painful reality. Prodigals are coming to themselves in the pig pen. Those that have been wayward and estranged from the church are coming back. Come on, how long has it been? I bet every person in this room would raise their hand. If you've heard some preacher preach a message about a prodigal revival, you've heard it before. But I'm telling you, it's here. It's starting to happen right now. Prodigals are coming to themselves in the big pen, and they're coming home. You know why? You know when I left the church, Pastor? I never doubted the message. I knew I was lost. Now, I tried not to think about it. I tried to put it out of my mind. But I knew if that trumpet sounded... I was in big trouble. But I thought, I'm smart enough. I've read the word. I know what the signs are. Oh, the way you deceive yourself when you're in the world. Let me tell you something right now. Prodigals everywhere huh, are looking around. Huh, and they're seen shaking. And there are scriptures coming back to their mind. You know what God showed me in His Word? In John 14, it says, The Holy Ghost will bring all things back to your remembrance. You know what I've noticed? I can memorize scripture, but scripture comes back to me whether I memorize it or not because it's not stored here. It's stored right here. And God can quicken a verse anytime
1: He wants. And there are prodigals. In the pig pen uh, that are being quickened uh, again uh, by the mercy of God uh, in this hour. Uh, and God's saying, uh, It's time uh, to run home uh, to Father.
0: When we look into our text, we see a scenario that is a little different than the ones we've talked about so far here today see in this scenario the children of Israel were doing what they were supposed to do we read it what does it say they were increasing in number they were fruitful they were growing in strength They were growing in influence. They were becoming the majority. They were growing in power. And this is always what God has wanted for his people, right? Right? So they were doing what they were supposed to, even in captivity, even in the world. It's almost as if you could say they were of the world, but not in it. Or you could quote it the right way and say they were in the world and not of it. Yeah. The church is in the world. We haven't been raptured home yet. And at the turn of 2020, the church, whether you were experiencing it in this congregation or not, The church as a whole was experiencing exponential revival at the turn of 2020. We were growing. We were thriving. We were expanding all while in Egypt. This is what was happening in Egypt in our text. In Egypt, the people of God were thriving. And this shook their adversary. And Pharaoh decided he didn't like what he was seeing. So he devised a plan to stunt the growth of God's people. He said, We're going to make it harder for them to have joy, we're going to persecute them, we're going to intimidate their leaders. We're going to threaten their future. We're going to instill fear into their hearts. We're going to afflict them. We're going to show them that they are powerless. Does that sound familiar? Anybody see a a common thread over the last few months and what the children of Israel were experiencing? But verse 12 says, The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. You need to hear me today, saints of God. Uh, The church uh, is not being punished. Uh, We are not experiencing uh, some type of divine judgment. Uh,
1: Our affliction uh, is a testament uh, to the fear uh, of our adversary.
0: break it down for you coming into 2020 the church was multiplying listen we were seeing numbers bigger than the book of acts you understand we were seeing greater works at the turn of 2020 The church was multiplying. We were stepping over the threshold of global harvest. The North American church was experiencing the greatest revival that it had ever seen. And the clock of his coming was quickly winding down, and the adversary was terrified. So our adversary turned the corner of this new year, seeing a great and mighty army beginning to grow and multiply. So he did the same thing that Pharaoh did. He said, I'm going to afflict them. I'm going to use kings and governors to afflict them. I'm going to make it impossible to gather. I'm going to paralyze them with fear. I'm going to stop the laying on of hands. I'm going to silence the foolishness of preaching. I'm going to dry up their finances. I'm going to board up the churches. I'm going to cause them to turn on one another with lies. But I got bad news for the enemy tonight and great news for the church. The more
1: they afflict us, the more we multiply. Multiply and grow. The adversary unknowingly hit the revival button when he thought he was hitting the
0: persecution. We're gonna multiply in our affliction. Pain is gonna push us forward. Friend of mine, the church is exploding. The gospel is on the move. The high priest is
1: being restored in the home again. Personal evangelism
0: is exploding again. Faith is mounting and miracles are everywhere. Spiritual clarity is abundant and people are praying again. People are praying again. You've probably heard this verse 78 times in this pandemic. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Uh-oh. Turn from their wicked ways. Oh, he must be talking to the Egyptians. Uh Uh-oh. He's talking to my people. If my people will turn from their wicked ways, you know what's happening? There's a revival of repentance in the church. I see it happening everywhere I go. Dads are cleaning out the house and say we're taking this idol down. We're taking this idol down. We're cleaning the atmosphere. Honey, we're gonna start praying again.
1: Kids, you're gonna start doing devotions with the family again. Come on, family. We gotta unite and build a fire together
0: because God is I told you this morning that the enemy wants you to believe that this season's permanent. That's an oxymoron, a season being permanent. That's the problem with half-truths. But that verse right there tells me God allowed some of this pain to come into the church huh, because there needed to be a restoration of repentance huh, and a restoration of prayer. But that's not the end of the story because there's a promise. It says, okay, I see them praying. I see them consecrating. I see them sanctifying. I see them repenting. I see them turning from their wicked ways. All right, season over. It's time
1: to heal the land. It's time to heal the land.
0: The adversary tried to rob us of the tools that we're comfortable using in harvest. Right? We're human. Your pastor said it today, so I know I'm right. And as humans, we like to stay inside our comfort zone. We like to do things traditionally. We're going to have three songs, an offering, we have one more song pastor's going to preach 28 and a half minutes, and we're going to have a 12-minute altar call, and one person's going to get the Holy Ghost, and then we're all going to meet at exactly 1230 at the restaurant, right? And we call that good church. <laughs> <laughs> but you woke up on a cold day in March and found that the church was boarded up. You woke up huh, on a cold Sunday morning huh, and were shaken huh, to the core huh, when you realized overnight huh, every church huh, on the planet shut down. The devil said, now I got him. Now I got him. And you could feel, oh, I could, I'm telling you. When we went hunting for toilet paper back in March. Mm. Oh, that, that lion devil. You could feel the fear as you were hunting for Charmin. It was tangible because you knew if you didn't come back home with Charmin. No, but you could feel the fear sweep across this devil said, I got him now. <laughs> Little did he know that God's got a lot more in his arsenal than just the church building. We talk, You remember that storm we talked about this morning? He's the prince of the power of the air. You know what the church did? They said, are you going to shut us down? We're going to invade your kingdom. Uh, and churches everywhere uh, started broadcasting uh, into the air. Uh, and there
1: was an invasion uh, of the airspace uh, as the church uh, invaded uh, his territory. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
0: Oh, he missed it again. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make them so scared that I'm going to stop the laying on of hands. I'm going to open the churches back up so they get out of my airspace. But I'm shutting down the altar. You know, a couple Wednesdays ago, I was in a church in Kentucky. And he said, we haven't been having an altar call. He said, because we just got too many people in the building He said, but the people will respond from their seats. I said, oh, I believe that. So I got done preaching. And I said, who (laughs) needs the Holy Ghost? I said, I want you to just lift your hand right where you are. Five people lifted their hand, Pastor. And I said, now normally you would have come down here and I would have felt all this pressure to pray you through to the Holy Ghost but thankfully I found a verse in the book of Acts that says while Peter yet spake these words the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word so what I said as I said, what I want you to pray right now is that God would give you ears to hear huh, what the Spirit saith unto the church. Huh, and that church began to repent huh, and begin to pray. Huh, and as the word went forth, huh, five people huh, in their chairs huh, without anybody touching them huh, began huh, to speak huh,
1: in tongues. Uh, Church, I don't think you hear what I'm telling you. The more they afflict us, the more we're going to multiply and grow. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon formed against the church is going to prosper.
0: you to stand to your feet. Come on, I want you to take a moment. Just pray in your chair right where you are. Come on, right where you're standing. I just want you to respond to the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's revelation coming on some of you right now There are people in this room That have been sitting under a cloud of darkness And you're seeing the light For the first time in months You're seeing that
1: God is still on the throne He's still in control He hasn't lost touch With what you're going through He's multiplying you